Welcome to Wisdom from the Mountain, a podcast about intuition, spirituality, and following your path. I'm your host, Tara Alexandria. I'm a psychic medium, intuitive guide, and healer. I'm here to support you to live from your intuition and find true healing and authentic growth. Thank you for being here and for your willingness to live your best life for yourself and for the world around you. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for listening. Welcome to today's episode, which features my friend Portia Benoit, an incredible person and acupuncturist. She's the owner of Deeper Genius Acupuncture, and her goal is to help others connect to their body and awareness so that they can be deeply in touch with the authentic self. She believes that this act of connecting to the authentic self helps you to bring forward the genius that lies within you so that you can figure out and bring forth the contributions that you have for this world so that you can deeply affect change within your community. Portia and I talk about her journey to finding acupuncture and this mission that she seeks to share with her patients, community, and the world. We also talk using social media with great intention, the importance of speaking up and out to move our world toward greater healing, justice, and safety for all, and ancestral healing and what it means to do the work in your life so that you can be a good ancestor. You can find her on Instagram at deepergenius.acupuncture. All other links are listed in the show notes. Thank you so much again for being here. Portia, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy you're here. Likewise. And it's been a long time since I've seen you in person. Two years? Three? I think so. It has never seemed like you're actually far away by Aww. any means. <laughs> you know, I really love social media for that reason. Mm-hmm. I've still felt really connected to everyone back at school in LA. You were one of the first people at school that I connected with. Mm-hmm. It was more in my mind, actually. So yeah. I met you in my very first class at school. It was Jade Woman Qigong. That was your first class? That I was my no first idea. class. Yeah, yeah. yeah I totally, even before we to even normal. like like verbalized or made eye contact. I was like, Oh yes, this is a friend. (laughs) This is a connection. This is happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I really felt so connected to you in that class and that class itself was really special. Yes. So such a good teacher, but Mm -hmm. I feel like the energy of that (sighs) form, I mean, yes. Everyone who listens to me talk, I talk about it a lot. I'm always like Jade woman. It's so special, but amazing. Super special. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how are you? I'm good. Good. Like happy, happy. It's summer. It's summer-ish. It's not like, it's like LA summer. It's still cold at night. It's a little yeah. disappointing. <laughs> yeah. but, um, all I know, just got back from like, a vacation to Miami. Like, we took a few days off and it's been, I'm just feeling like re-energized, like right in expansion mode, trying to figure out where the next location is going to be. So feeling good. Cool. And excited to like feel like a real girl again, you know? Like <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> um, I'm excited that um that I'm just like in a space to I don't know, just tap back into the things that I love and like reacquaint myself with myself in a way that's independent of um being in the early stages of starting a business or finishing grad school. Or any of that and being like, oh, yes, like, what are the things that bring me joy, the small things and the big things? And like, how do I incorporate those into my life now? Because I think sometimes when we're in grad school and we're in the startup stages of a business, everything is about getting those wheels spinning, which, you know, is important. But during that time, you can get a little bit lost in the sauce of all the processes. And so I'm really happy and filled with a lot of gratitude that I'm back into the swing of being like, okay, me, (laughs) family. Yeah. I would love for you to just introduce yourself in any way that feels good for you, for everyone to hear. 
Okay, sure. I am Portia. I am the owner of Deeper Genius Acupuncture and Healing Arts. I'm an acupuncturist. I am a Black queer woman of color, originally from St. Louis. I live in downtown Los Angeles right now. Woo woo. I love DTLA. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can't, I can't believe I just woo wooed. That's how much you know I love my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have a practice um, that's in its third year and it is growing it is taking shape it's taking a life of its own but its original purpose um, has always been about helping people connect to the authentic self that initially can sound a little woo-woo which I'm totally fine with uh woo-woo is real <laughs> um, but the the work itself is rooted for a lot of people it initially is rooted in in the physical in the body and like what may be going on with them the fact that they may not feel great and they haven't been able to find answers. And so they're coming to see me to figure out what modalities can work for them, how acupuncture and herbs and all of these modalities can work for them. And usually we end up going into uncovering that honestly, 80% of this is stress for folks. 80% of the root of what they're coming in to address is rooted in stress. We're just looking to figure out ways to help people understand that, recognize that. Um, I'm looking to help them honor and recognize what their boundaries are so they can better manage stress. And then we're literally using the medicine of acupuncture to downregulate the nervous system response and to get people out of pain, to get them back into their bodies and into their awareness and to be able to tap deeper into their authentic selves. When we're bombarded with stress and pain and bad news and institutional issues, and we're affected by all of this, it oftentimes leaves very little space for ourselves. And so with Deeper Genius Acupuncture, what I'm looking to do is give folks a little bit of space in their day that makes them feel like themselves again. And for some people, that is completely new. They've never felt what it feels like to be completely calm to be carefree, to be pain-free, you know? And so to be able to offer that space means that to me, folks are better, better able to tap in to themselves and understand that everything that's happening around us affects all of us. We are interconnected and that by healing themselves and by tapping in and realizing that there's something deeper than the surface level experience of themselves, that they can move forward in the world, figure out what they can be contributing to our world, contributing to our neighborhoods and to our cities and to our global community and affecting that change ripple by ripple um, in their own micro communities. So that's kind of, that's, that's what, that's the mission right now. <laughs> that's the mission. It's, it's growing. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love it. Thank I you. love it. And I feel the same way. I think it's so, so important for people to really, live their lives, mm -hmm. not just be a part of kind of the machine of the world that there's been up until now. Mm -hmm. I think it's the only way to affect change and mm -hmm. really to create more joy across the entire planet, to create mm -hmm. more equitable systems yes. for everything. It's so true. It's so true. My background is in sociology and I think that was one of the huge tipping points, being able to understand how institutions affect the individual and how our, just like how our society is set up in various factions and being able to understand what that means for people's health, for people's mindsets, for access to health and healthcare, for access to safe neighborhoods or, um, you know, safe and equitable justice systems, you know, so it's the the work is rooted in a lot of things is rooted in woo woo is rooted in institutional work and redesigning that or dismantling that in many cases but it starts it's for me right now it's starting with the individual like getting people to feel what feel what normal really truly feels like to them yeah yeah and do you feel like your community might need that even more Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I think everyone, everyone needs, everyone needs acupuncture. If you ask me, everyone needs acupuncture. Everyone needs the space to feel safe, 
and be able to have space to be themselves authentically. And I think that it is especially important that when we're looking at the intersection of identities, we honor the fact that there are there are identities and intersecting identities that get to get the shit in of society stick. And so, you know, those happen to be, you know, for example, uh, trans people of color, um, trans immigrants who are in the States and, you know, may even be here illegally, you know, people in poor neighborhoods, like black folks who have no access to fresh water, or, no, sorry, not fresh water, but fresh um, food. And like, they live in a food desert. And, you know, for instance, I can even use my own experience. In St. Louis, where I'm from, I'm from the north side of St. Louis, my neighborhood school, when I was growing up in the 90s, my neighborhood school, basically, they didn't have enough books. The books for were from like the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. They didn't have enough textbooks for everyone. They didn't have enough desks. The classrooms were overcrowded. And I happened to be, my mom, you know, had got me into a lottery system. Like you had to get out of this type of situation. You had to get into a lottery system. And I got into a lottery system where I went to better schools, so they're better resourced. But like in my neighborhood, most kids did not have access to quality education and have access to quality foods. And because they didn't have things like access to a basic safe high school education, they didn't have access to basic jobs. And that meant that for a lot of them, they had to turn to the streets to feed themselves and feed their children. So that meant drugs, that meant whatever they had to do to make money to live is what they had to do. And those neighborhoods, by and large, black and brown and poor communities are over-policed and it just loops you in this cycle. It's a reason why like hoods are called a trap. (laughs) It's like, it's a trap. It's like, you're not set up to succeed. You're set up to only be able to figure out how to survive. And then the things that you have to do to survive trap you in a system of, of more poverty, of the criminal justice system, which is not a fan of black and brown folks and poor people. Yeah. Um, and you're, you, you are dealt a really bad hand. And it is only through a lottery or through luck and, or through you know, very slim windows that you're able to get out of that. And so there's a lot of... PTSD that's happening. There's a lot of, we can just stop at PTSD, honestly, you know, in these neighborhoods, just trying to live. And what my ultimate goal is to be able to, to access, provide these services to more folks um, who are at these intersecting identities who need the support. I feel like wellness has become, um, it has become a very privileged space in a lot of regards. Um, and so, yeah, just trying to figure out um, ways to get this wellness to folks who are at these intersecting identities that, that are really dealt a really bad hand. Um, making, making this wellness accessible is important. Yeah, definitely. You know, as I listened to you speak, I actually got chills a few times because it's so true. You know, this is so true. And I could feel the sense of what it comes down to is the person who's supporting all of that stress, Mm -hmm. their health is the bottom line. And the health of that community Mm -hmm. is really the root of it is often Mm -hmm. not having the finances, the financial Mm -hmm. support, which, you know, in spiritual talk, we're going to talk about the root chakra and being like grounded in Mm -hmm. a centeredness, you know, so that stress of course can just come right in and create other disease, which of course in Chinese medicine. So what we talk about is so much causes, you know, disease, mental, emotional, Mm -hmm. And even just the physical space, <laughs> like being in physical spaces where it's like, wellness is a nice idea. It's like even a foreign idea. It's like, what is wellness? Food needs to happen. Lights need to stay on. You know, people yeah. need to not be arrested and, or be arrested for it's like a stupid traffic ticket. And then there's only cash bill and they can't get out. So yeah. there's, so, you know, with my, with my practice, with my work being kind of in its infancy, these first three years, you know, I've, I've been able to hold, um, certain like community spaces or community things, but I just feel like 
there's always more work to be done. And I, and I'm constantly looking to, I'm constantly looking for a way to better connect with, um, with communities who need this type of support. Cause there's even also like a level of a little bit of like survivor's guilt. You know what I mean? Just like knowing, knowing even my own origins to a degree, like what my neighborhood was like coming up and then being in a position where I can't immediately do a widespread thing to like, to like help in the way that I feel is super helpful. And then having to, even with myself, having to kind of calm and ground and recognize that I can't turn on a light switch and be there and do all of the things, but it's a slow process. And knowing that like the vision is there and that collaborations are happening to to see this through I'm just like faith and trusting (laughs) yeah and I think it's just always important for you to remember that you're holding that light all the time because people can see you and they can feel your presence so I mean just don't forget that I think it's so important because otherwise we're we're like why can't I save the world right now you know right feel like you can see the vision but it some for some reason it isn't about that with spirit yeah it is a process. All of life is a process. It's always a patience, so. a matter of patience. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah, of yeah. course. Thank you for sharing that. Here's what I'm really curious about. Mm-hmm. How did you even find acupuncture and how did you get so drawn to it? Okay, great question. It's hilarious. I think the shortest answer is that I was led to it. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> Uh, I'd always been interested in holistic medicine from a very young age, everything from herbalism to chiropractors, just anything that like, you know, midwives are just like, oh my gosh, so cool. That's amazing. And so when I graduated college, I, I was always the type of person that was like, I have a plan. Like this is my academic plan and like straight through, straight through, straight through. So when I graduated college at Howard University, um, I was like, I actually don't have a plan this time. And that is bizarre. <laughs> and so then my backup plan, which thank goodness, thank God is I did not go through with, I was like, I'm just going to go to law school. I can go to law school. Like I'm law school material. I'll just do that. And then as I was studying for LSATs and like starting the prep work, I was like, my heart is not in this at all. This is literally just a brain thing and being like, this is a logical, this is a logical pathway. So I, derailed that and I was like well I guess I'll just work for a little bit and see what that's about so I was working with um, these kids um, at a private school and about two years in I was like okay I don't want to be a teacher I love my job I love teaching I love this community I don't want to be a teacher though so what is it that I want for myself. And so I literally, for a couple of weeks, I started going through all of my old journals and notebooks and thinking about all of the pathways I started out on or completed. And like, what is the common, what is the overlap? I realized it was always came back to healing, healing of some sort. Like there was a period where I thought I really wanted to go deep into labor organizing. They still may happen down the road. Um, But I was like, I wanted to go into labor organizing. I wanted to, it was always justice oriented. It was always wellness oriented. I was like, duh, it's holistic healthcare. I've always been interested in it, of course. And so being the dork that I am, I was like, well, I'm going to analyze every program of interest. I'm going to thoroughly research them. I'm going to see what's out there. I'm going to see what kind of research is out there, see what various organizations have to say about them like what the trajectories are like uh, so I, I nerded out super hard and um I came around to acupuncture which at the time I I think I knew just about as much as anyone which is like nothing you know that there are needles being inserted into the body totally boom it's like let's just see what it's about and so I started researching I had found all this research from the World Health Organization um, from the National Institute of Health. And it was all of this promising research about people avoiding knee surgeries and pain management and folks and acupuncture supporting chemo folks and all of these things. And I was like, oh, this sounds amazing. And so I started researching the medicine itself. And I was like, oh, this is a full body of medicine. It is thousands of years old. It involves 
basically art, science, spirit, and medicine. I was just like, yes. And, it, and it's working for people and it's still the test of time. Sign me up. I'm obsessed. And so I happened to, I think this is one of the reasons why I was at that school. Um, uh, there were two parents there who were Chinese medicine doctors, very successful in D.C., Wilton Yonkers. Um, in the financial district in DC. And, you know, I asked them if they would, you know, mind if I came and shadowed a little bit. And they were like, yeah, we'd love to have you. And so I spent a little bit of time shadowing with them and fell deeper in love with the medicine. I watched people walk out with a light in their eyes that they didn't walk in with. I was one of the acupuncturists, Kelly, he was super into herbs and he had a wall of herbs. And I was like, this is amazing. He, he helped cure a sinus infection that I had been that deep, horrible sinus infection that I had been battling for three weeks and three days with herbs. And I was like, I'm selling all of my things and driving across to California to start grad school in the fall. And literally it was like a six or seven month process for me sitting down, nerding out on all the programs, deep diving into acupuncture and being like, peace out, DC. (laughs) I'm going to California. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that you were led to people that you could shadow. And you you didn't just kind of read about it and get interested because it sounds like you needed that to really push you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was amazing. So I was fully, fully led to acupuncture. I don't think I had a choice in the matter. (laughs) That's incredible. And it's interesting to me because I feel like you actually always had this name that you're now working under, like percolating under the surface. I've read a few of your posts about it. And, you know, in one of them, you said that um, a professor, a favorite professor at Howard said that genius walks in the room with you to all of you in your car. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was just incredible to me because it then sat with you all that time, mm-hmm. all through undergrad, all through all your years in the interim. Yeah. And then you said that you later saw the TED Talk with Liz Gilbert. Liz Gilbert. Yes, yeah. who it was. Yeah. And it's, it's that one that, I mean, probably everyone listening will know, the one with the genius and the walls. And you were just like, yes. And like this idea, it, it's like it was already formed. Yeah. And I always think that there are certain things in our path that are meant to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got to like use our free will and we've got to get ourselves there. But there are some things that are just, they're ready for us and they call us in a more strong way. It's like they're a house that we're headed toward on the map. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it, it just feels like that for me. So mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to say that you've opened up with that deeper genius name because I feel like it just keeps evolving for you and it does amazing (laughs) it does yeah so when I was figuring and I started the process of figuring out the name of my business and all of this while I was still I was probably midway through acupuncture school which you know it's a very long program um so it was probably in about year two two and a half of four and a half years. And I was like, well, I guess I better get started now. (laughs) Yeah. And so I was literally sitting around and I was free writing all of the things, like all these adjectives and words that came to mind. And genius was the one that like probably one of the first ones that popped up on, on, on the page. Cause I strongly and firmly believe that each of us has our own personal magic and our own personal genius that is rooted in the authentic self, that, the, uh, that when we are rooted in our authentic selves, we are able to clearly hear and understand what that genius is, what our own personal genius is. And we're able to um, carry that from out of ourselves and into the world. And so I was like, it's got to have genius in the name. And I was like, but what is it? And I kept thinking like, of all the things that people associate with genius. And I was like, it's not that, it's not that I was like, it's deeper than that. And I was like, it's deeper genius. <laughs> That is deeper genius. Yep. Um, And so it's it's constantly evolving. And I really just want this work to be just a catalyst for people's deeper genius. Like I want you to be able to know that you're more than a body who shows up to work. You're more than a person who provides whatever you provide, you know, food or whatever. You know, it's like there's so much to you. And I want you to be able to connect to that and 
and share that gift with the world. I think that's how we ultimately um, create a better world that is more aware, that it's more conscious, that is more kind, it's compassionate, and is um, is is uh, I'm trying to think. I, I'm thinking of. I'm hesitating because I'm like there's a component of all of this that I feel like m- most of us say in in healthcare and wellness, but there's a little bit of that that is often devoid of accountability in terms of um, being honest about about our world and the world around us and how it affects people differently. So I, I want, I want this all to be rooted in, um, in real awareness and real engagement. And that's sometimes a little bit difficult, but that's okay. <laughs> like getting, getting the world we want is not necessarily the easiest process, especially when we've got things afoot that are not what we want in our world. Like you gotta roll up your sleeves. There's going to be going to be a little blood. It's going to be some, some tears and some sweat. It's not going to be super pretty. It may not all be Instagrammable. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But I love what you said in one of those posts that I read. You said, I believe in our collective power to create positive change from a cellular level to a social level and beyond. Mm-hmm. That was so powerful to me. I read that. You wrote that, girl. You wrote that. Sure, I wrote that. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, what really struck me while you were telling us this is genius is really about being inspired. Mm -hmm. And what you do is connect people to a part of themselves that can relax. Mm -hmm. And I mean, at this point, sympathetic, parasympathetic, I can't remember anything. Mm -hmm. But you always talk about getting people into that relaxed space where their body can just be. Mm -hmm. And when your body can just be, I think your mind, spirit, emotions can act, can come forward and come out of you. So you are bringing forth people's genius, even if you don't know it, Mm -hmm. and you're giving them the anchor to work from. Yes. That's the, that's the whole point. I love what you said about you know, if you can, if the body can just be, then the mind and spirit can act. And it's like, yes, yes, yes. Like when, you know, when you're lying on a table and suddenly your shoulders drop and you realize you've been breathing shallowly and you've been holding tension in your face or you've for years. been clenched. Yeah, for years. <laughs> and suddenly you're like, oh, oh, you literally, like people describe it as a melt. They're like, oh, I just felt like it melted. Like my, like my back melted. Like I just took a deep breath. And then suddenly things are coming up. It's like, oh, I'm having clarity about this situation or I'm having clarity about, um, you know, something that happened a really long time ago that I didn't realize I was still carrying with me. And now I know that I need to figure out a way to release that. And sometimes it's just simply having the awareness on the table while you're resting, it is good enough. And sometimes it's like, you know what? I need to contact a therapist. Like now is the time. Or like now I need to enlist more help or I need to keep uncovering this within myself. I'll see you next week. I need more time in this space. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. When we can be, spirit can act. Yes. It's being still too. Being still is not something that is, um, we're really taught ever it's like you know as children it's like be still in the desk at school and that's it and even that has some associations that for most of us it's like oh it's punitive yeah <laughs> so it doesn't feel like um it feels like a burden sometimes for us to be still and it feels scary it's intimidating that's when you're not doing 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 you're not being busy with work being busy with your chores um you're not busying yourself as a distraction that is guys is being productive um, which is huge. Let's not forget that. Like being a workaholic is is you distracting yourself and guising it as being productive. You are yes. distracting yourself from your from your inner world. You're busying yourself. It's really important that we find time to be still, so that we can hear and listen and make choices that help bring us true inner stillness. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So much there. So much. (laughs) Stillness is one of the hardest things because of exactly what you said. We're turning away from something. Mm -hmm. 
And I recently read for someone who said, I just need you to tell me that I'm going to find a partner and have a family so I can stop thinking about just my thoughts. And I was like, okay, we've, we've got to go way back to, yeah. to the beginning of something. I can't yeah. even help you from right here. Right. With it's your backtrack. Yeah. There's so much here. You don't even know. Yeah. Oh, stillness. So important. Stillness. If you mm-hmm. take any medicine from this episode, it is stillness. Stillness. Go and sit. Yes. Be. Yes. Be. And also remember that stillness does not necessarily mean that your mind is quiet. It just means that you are still enough to listen. Let your mind go ham. Let it go crazy. Let it talk about the grocery list and the work and just like let it wash over you. Like let the thoughts bubble up and float on off. I think sometimes we're, we battle with the stillness. Like if I can't get it right, if it can't be perfect, if my mind isn't quiet, I'm not doing it right. It's like, no, no, no. Your mind has a lot to say. Even running from the talk. <laughs> Let it chatter itself away. And once it's done, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a kid on candy. <laughs> it's like, and another question, well, how does, how is, how is the sky blue? Well, why are the clouds away? It's like, just let it keep, just let it go. And eventually it's going to be like, all right, I'm out of questions for now. <laughs> and you'll get to the next level of what your inner world is trying to say to you. Yes. Thank you so much for saying that. I forget <laughs> that a lot, that people need to know that, just because I meditate every day doesn't mean I'm not always thinking. And, yeah. and I always forget that people need to be reminded of that simply because I've been doing it for so long. And I just like throw the word out. I'm like meditation or sitting still. So mm-hmm. that's so important. You're so, you're so right. Kid with candy. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about your amazing partnership? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we Wait. can Okay, so when I met you, I remember a specific moment sitting down with you in the student lounge at Emperor's, and I was sitting next to you. You were eating lunch, and I don't know what I was doing, but I was just sitting there listening to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about your move mm-hmm. from San Francisco to mm-hmm. LA. Mm-hmm. And you had moved from one program to another, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you said that you had come with one partner, and yeah. that relationship had ended. Yeah. And you were like, and now I'm with my partner. Yeah. And you were like, this is my partner. <laughs> and I was, I was like sitting there in awe of you, first of all, because I'm just, I'm just like in awe of pretty much all queer women because yeah. I'm a queer woman myself. And I just feel like, I just love when I find others who are so comfortable in themselves because I'm always kind of seeking that and trying to find my comfortable level Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. So I was just listening to you and I was just so excited about it for you. I was excited about life. And I remember thinking to myself, how do you know that? How do you know that this is your partner? Yeah. So I would just love to hear if you want to speak about your partner and I love your partner. So totally almost the best. <laughs> she is. Uh, yeah, she is. Okay. So let me see. Where do I even start? Our partnership was kind of like how I found acupuncture led to it. Didn't know what was about to happen. Um, but hilariously enough, my friend who is a total art recluse, one of my best friends. (laughs) She was living in DC at the time and she was on Twitter and she saw a tweet from um, my partner who was like, hey, I'm new to Oakland. I was living in Oakland and going to school in San Francisco right across the ridge. So she's like, hey, I'm new to Oakland. Like, you know, who wants to hang out? Does anybody anybody want to hang out? And so my friend, who apparently was feeling quite random because she usually just does not deeply engage with strangers on the internet, is like, you should be my friend. <laughs> and so she tweeted both of us. And I was, um, I was probably like two months fresh off of a breakup. I was months new to the city. And I was just like, sure, like, I don't know anyone like let's hang out like we can figure out some stuff together like totally platonic so we made plans to hang out um and we uh linked up at the malcolm x jazz festival and they're so crowded and we kept doing the thing like oh i'm wearing a 
tank top that's this color. I'm standing by the this vendor. And after about 20 minutes, I was like, wow, like we are never going to find each other. And while we'd been doing this back and forth, texting and trying to figure it out, I saw this cute girl in the crowd. And I was like, that girl is super cute. And if I don't get to this stranger after a minute or two, I'm just going to abort this mission for now and go talk to that cute girl. <laughs> and so I was like, I, but I'm going to do due diligence and I'm going to pick up the phone and call this person and see if we can link. And so I pick up the phone, call the person. It's the cute girl. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and then I was like, oh, wait, I wasn't actually ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> wow. I'm really ready to go talk to the cute girl <laughs> or see the person I had intended to meet, but I was not expecting them to be one. And so then I was like, ah. That's incredible. <laughs> Panic. <laughs> And we just... I would have freaked out. Yeah, I'd totally freak out. It was like full freak out. Like, okay. And breathe. It's like being pushed out into an audience. And like, okay, here we go. Um, so on. Literally. So we just totally hit it off from there. She tells me that it was literally love at first sight for her. And she was like like I heard this voice say you're gonna marry this woman and she's like I didn't believe in love at first sight I didn't believe in marriage I wasn't looking for a partnership but she was like when I turned around and saw you and we locked out she was like that's literally what came over me and I was like what (laughs) and so we hung out from there and I don't know we just like really hit it off and you know, if she were here to tell the story, she'd be like, you, you put me on ice for a whole month. And I was like, I was being smart. I was trying to be smart. I was like fresh off of a long-term relationship. I was like, I don't want to jump into anything. Like, I don't want to be rushed, blah, 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 blah. But when you know, you know, we were just hanging out, having the time of our lives, just really connecting in ways that had never connected with any partner and just having conversations that I hadn't had with people previously about my views on life and a lot of our views overlapped and we're like are we gonna marry each other yeah (laughs) and yeah so that was that and we were married four years later wow yeah and I guess it was really just time because I feel like when you are like fresh out of a long-term relationship and you know all these different things all these different sort of questions come up but you meet that person Mm-hmm. And I only know this from listening to other people's stories. Like it just seems like it is time. You know, it you just time. know. It is really true. When, when that saying, like when you know, you know, it is so true. Either one of us was interested in marriage or like interested in like a, a real partnership. And it was like, oh, we know this is your person. <laughs> yeah. And person. talk about real partnership. You two, I think, show up. So you are so in harmony with each other and you give each other so much support that's visible in person and online. And I just feel like you, you show up. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we better each other constantly. Um, You know, we're very much yin and yang. Like we are definitely a big match, a big support. We, We go together. And then there are parts of my personality that are like, a smaller part of almost personality and then the bigger parts of her personality are smaller parts within me and we help nurture these parts within each other and like help help each other to figure out how to speak different languages essentially and it's cool it's really cool we, it's just super supportive like we you know we have goals and dreams and we learn from each other and are inspired by each other every day and are constantly working on creating more space um for our partnership to grow and like have more fun and more joy in it. We work really hard. So like, we're like, okay, we have to really carve out this space that is just for us. Um, and it can also be the fruits of all of our hard work, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a, I feel really blessed to be um, in partnership and to be married to this yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel blessed just to see it and witness oh. it. And have you on my, you know, couple goals, you know, (laughs) mindset. Like I have people to look at that are real. Yeah. Everyone listening. I mean, (laughs) you two are just wonderful. And for everyone listening, it takes work. There's a lot of hard conversations. There's a lot of like 
honesty, sometimes it stings a little bit, <laughs> uh, but it's all, it's all worth it. And it's the only way to, to continue growing, continue building is to have every single tough conversation and to continue to um, check in and evaluate and make sure that both individuals are feeling happy and supported and that the relationship is feeling happy and supported and even not even always happy but just present like I feel like sometimes it's like oh everything needs to be shiny and squeaky and smiling it's like let's just be present present in where we are so that we can really feel what is amongst us and what's within us and we can either grow with that or we can have a discussion so that we can transmute it and move in, to, move in a different direction. So being present in your partnership is super important. Beautiful. And I love how you dropped in this part about yin and yang. And I want to mm-hmm. say for everyone that yin and yang, we're like talking about the Chinese medicine concepts, the philosophy of yin and yang. And what Portia is referencing is the interrelationship of yin and yang. They are intersupporting. They are interdependent. One can't exist without the other, but they also have this polarizing aspect, this contrast. So the tougher elements of a relationship are those polarizing aspects. Mm-hmm. The harmonious and beautiful aspects are those intersupportive relationships. So I just want to be really clear that we're not just throwing out the words yin <laughs> and yang like people yeah. do in regular society. We really deeply mean. Yeah concepts of yeah. this beautiful energy mm-hmm. living moving energy like you know the yang and the yin they constantly are in flux and they grow in relationship to one another they grow in relationship to one person and then to the other like it's a yin, the concept of yin and yang is truly like the concept of an organism like the most basic of an organism like there are things happening it's not just like black and white even proportions that's it it's in flux there's movement there is the tail end of each that is that has the potential to move into you know the next phase and then you have the larger end that is i don't know it's just it's amazing deep dive into the concept of yin and yang y'all you won't regret it (laughs) yeah it's incredible one of my favorite descriptions was a fairly straightforward one, the one with the hill and the sun and how as the sun rises over the hill, the shadow gets smaller and smaller. So that's the yin shrinking and the yang rising. Mm -hmm. And then as it's setting on the other side of the hill, that shadow, the yin is growing and growing and the yang is growing smaller. Mm -hmm. If you just think about the sunset and the nighttime and then growing into the sunrise and the day, yes, it's so beautiful because it's literally the balance of our world. It's literally that yin and yang. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which makes me think I want to share a really cool story about the solstice. So the solstice is the longest day of the year, the summer solstice. And (laughs) that is when we have, there's the most yang energy. So yang is like brightness and heat and light and masculine energy. And so on um summer solstice when we have the most young energy this past one when i tell you i was inexplicably hot all day (laughs) i like could not figure i felt totally fine other than i was like i was like i'm so hot like i was literally like taking off clothes took a cold shower took a cool bath eating popsicles i was like this is wild i was like massaging because i didn't have my acupuncture needles with i was like massaging points that relieve heat and i could not cool myself down to save my life (laughs) and the next day i was like it was the solstice there was so much young energy i was just super hot it was just like boiling so that was just a a fun little random thing yeah (laughs) it's so real and i i love the seasons and food and herbal medicine um Mm -hmm. so from my time at acupuncture school all of that is my favorite to apply to my lifestyle and to feel it in my body and to feel it in my mind and emotions. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible when, you know, sometimes even we who have studied it, we forget, we forget the magic of it. We forget the realness. And then we're like, no, this is real. This is happening. It is real. That was definitely a moment. (laughs) And it's cool. It is really cool. I was like, oh my God, amazing. Yeah. Young energy. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. 
honestly, you know what? That's one of the things that I love to kind of help teach people when they come see me at Deeper Genius is I like helping to reintroduce them or and in some cases totally introduce them to the rhythms of the world. And I feel like that helps ground so many people. And by the rhythms, I mean things like paying attention to how you feel around the full moon. Um, you know, are you sleeping less? Do you feel a little bit more wired and just like creative? Um, you know, in the wintertime, this is a big one. I do it every year. This is a huge one. In the fall and wintertime, so past solstice, the days grow shorter until we enter into fall when it's like the nights are longer, the days are shorter, right? So it's dark at four o'clock, five o'clock. And people are still trying really hard to push themselves as it's, it's summer. And they're like, I just feel so tired. I can't get my work done. I want to sleep all the time. Like, I think I must be depressed. Like something's, something's wrong. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you guys, it's the fall. It's the winter. It is literally nighttime all day. It's nighttime for, for the most part. There is a reason why you feel tired. There is a rhythm, a natural rhythm that happens when you have less sunlight. It is literally, if we're in LA, so there's not a lot in terms of winter, but it's like we were in a cold weather climate there would be snow on the ground. There would be no fresh crops. The leaves would be dead. The trees would be, you know, chilling until spring. And we'd be around a fire, eating soup, drinking spirits to stay warm, around a fire with our family or with our friends and neighbors, surviving the winter, sleeping. You're not there. Nobody's like running out, you know, working 10, 12, 14 hour days and then doing it all over again. There are rhythms to this earth and we are a part of this earth. So paying attention to how you feel around planetary movements, around the way the earth is shift, has shifted in relation to the sun are all important things for you to feel grounded and to not feel like maybe it's all in my head. It's not all in your head, your person in this planet. <laughs> Follow some of the rhythms. They'll make you feel a little bit more at peace. Yes. Yes, the energy is literally contracting at that time. Mm -hmm. And my favorite part about the contracting is it brings us into rest, yes. which is a lot of what my personal work centers around is getting people to be more restful about yes. the way that they're approaching themselves and their life and their um, whole goals in life, which is funny yes. because goals, we immediately think of words like hustle. Yes. But for me, I'm like goals and there's an expansive like calm there, mm -hmm. that, you know, intensity. I love, that. Um, I love that. Great energy to harness in the fall and winter. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I love that, you know, rest is such a big part of your work because it's something that I'm stepping back into. I feel like I had this very intense season that there's some things in my control and some things out of my control, lots of things out of my control where I didn't feel very restful. I was, um, transitioning into a new city, into LA, into a very busy neighborhood in LA. I was commuting um, to Santa Monica, which for those of y'all who are not from LA, it could mean, it could mean 20 minutes, but a lot of times it can mean an hour and 20 minutes. Yes. If there is a big accident, it can mean two hours. Yeah. Um, so I was commuting, moving to a new city. Um, my partner and I were planning and saving for our wedding. We were dealing with all the stress that comes with a wedding. I was in the process of getting licensed with <laughs> California acupuncture license, which is gnarly. Mm -hmm. And also starting a business. I had all of these things happening and rest was like, who that? What's rest? <laughs> like, yeah. Never heard of her. Totally. <laughs> so, um, stepping so back. So by season, you meant years. <laughs> yeah. For like a full, like two and a half year period. Yeah. It was like, it was a real, it's a really long season, yeah. um, of, of, of feeling like it was, it was go time. Like you yeah. will rest soon, but it's go time. And so really thankful to, to kind of be folding rest really strongly and structured in a structured way back into my life so that I'm not like doing that thing again, even if there's a lot happening. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we have to learn, even as practitioners, we have to redevelop our relationship to our principles and the things that we know. Sometimes we'll catch ourselves and be like, um, I need to do a different thing. Gotcha. I'm doing the thing I didn't know I was doing. Now it's time to do a different thing. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think having other practitioners around us and that interrelated support, that web of support with others, it is so vital to maintaining your energy and maintaining your integrity to yourself. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just thinking about your mission and everything else that you're here to do. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so thankful for the, my fellow healers that I had around me at the time, fellow acupuncturists and body workers who are also friends who are like, hey, like, let me help you chill out for a second. Like, come, come to my house. Like, let me make you food. How, let's have a treatment. Let's decompress. Like you need rest. And like being like mirrors and reminders, like it's time to rest. You need rest. So thanks, everyone. <laughs> it takes a village, community, interdependence. <laughs> it really does. I love what you said about the full moon, and it's literally a question I have sitting here to ask you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I wondered if you had any ritual or any cycle that you most paid attention to that keeps you feeling most centered and most together or in your flow and if you want to share a full moon ritual or anything with us Ooh, yeah so a lot of my structured moon work has come from um, my friend sarah godestiner of the mini moons workbooks and and workshops um i love she blends in tarot and just uh, various elements into moon work and so i have one of her one of her um books well, i have a few of her workbooks but then i have like her little calendar which is so oh, cute. cool um that talks about like the different phases of the moon and provides um ritual things so shout out to sarah for all of her moon work um but kind of my favorites just baseline if there's no structure around a full moon and i also really love the new moon too i just love like that darkness um i just like to do a check-in i like to do a check-in in my house i like to chill i like to just engage in my olfactory senses so there's lots of candles burning <laughs> there's cool. lots of like chill like i like things to be as natural as possible so there's a lot of candlelight there's a lot of scented candles burning maybe incense and it's a lot of hanging out with the plants or eating fresh cool. food with with my wife um, and just being like for real being still and hopefully trying to catch some of the moon, like either from our, our view or like catching a quick drive to see it. So That's yeah, sweet. just being at peace, honestly, the, yeah. and, and taking a moment to kind of harness that energy, like living in downtown LA was the number one thing that truly helped me to recognize that we are completely affected by the moon especially the full moon. Um, so learning to harness that energy, like witnessing things level up. Like if you're not familiar with downtown LA, it is definitely, it is definitely its own very eclectic place. Um, it has its own energy. And whenever the full moon was approaching two days before, two days after it was like, it was palatable, like that the energy was so much higher and like just a little bit different than normal. And I'd be like, what's going on outside? Like what's up with everyone? Like what's happening? And that's when I started to notice anytime I was asking that question, the full moon was happening or like a day or two days away. And I was like, Oh, Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We are nature period. (laughs) We are nature. So yeah. yeah, So just, just taking the time to harness that energy and call in whatever needs to happen or be released or whatever I'm trying to envision and manifest and bring into fruition. Like to save a little space for it. I love how well you're able to connect to your environment, even in a space like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Incredible. You have to. Otherwise you'll find yourself in like a weird swirl of the vortex that you don't want to be in. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, where did I get here? What room is this? Where are we? <laughs> you got a ground. I often feel really ungrounded in places like cities. And yeah, it's so important to figure out how to center yourself in the energy and mm-hmm. get your, get your center back. That's yeah. it. Get your yeah. center back. We have a lot of plants in our home like a ton of plants in our home that helps us. And then our view, we're really high up and we have a view of the city, but we also have a view of the hills and nature. So it feels like even though we're literally in the middle of an urban jungle, we've got nature 
in our home and we can see nature and we have like a little patio so we can be outside but not be in everything. So that definitely helps us. I think we'd be crawling from the ceiling if we didn't have a bunch of <laughs> plants in here to help keep us grounded. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> Thank God is for the plants. Right, right. For sure. Thank you, plants. I feel like you've pulled back from social media a bit for a while. You've taken a break. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I dropped off social media on like June 6th. I think yours was like May 30th. Yeah. <laughs> one of my friends was June 1st and mm -hmm. another one was just recently like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. So yeah. like all of us aren't on Instagram right now. We're kind of just like putting social media to the side, putting our phones to the side in a big way. I barely even drop in for anything. And I used to be really on it a lot and I used to feel pretty good about it. Yeah. But I'm really curious about you right now because I feel like when you pull back from social media, you have a clear intention. It's yeah. always about self-care. Yeah. It's very often about our socio-political climate and just the kind of self-care you need, which I fully understand. And I get in that space a lot, especially because of the work I do. I get, I can just get really sensitive because I'm diving into other people's worlds all day and then I have to get back into mine. And so social media is like a big pool of other people's worlds in a completely different way. And so I would just love to hear about any thoughts you might have about what it's like to be on social media. If you like it, what you, what you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh my God. It's, it's really complex. I fucking love social media. I love social media. I think it is brilliant, is a brilliant tool to connect people, to engage people. And I think, of course, the flip side of that is it's a tool to connect people to the wrong things, to engage people in, in false ways. And I, I really love watching people step back from social media right now. Stop thinking, just stop thinking about social media for a second. Like pull back, be in your life, be in your experience. Constantly scrolling or constantly distracting myself with input it's not the best for my mental and spiritual health. And so I just need to stop. And physical health. Like people are coming in with thumbs all jacked up and like wrists are hurting. So it's like literally mentally, physically, and spiritually, we have to have a balance. With I forgot about that physical <laughs> aspect that you'll see every day. Literally. Or people like craning their necks and their necks and shoulders hurt. Or they're like getting numbness in their fingers because they're everyone's looking down at their phone. So they're bringing their phones up to their faces and then we're rolling our shoulders forward, and that's causing all this like nerve issues. It's like, y'all, it's not that serious. Let's, let's fall back off the phones for a hot second. It's like social media is new. The internet is relatively new. I'm a kid who knows what it's like one summer to not have the internet, not have a computer, and the next summer have it. And most, yeah, and actually all the kids now like are growing up with internet and growing up with social media. And so as you know, older adults who know what it's like to not have that. We have to, I think specifically our generation of the folks who are like, know what it's like to not have, to be a child and know what it's like to not have the internet, then have the internet. I think we have a responsibility to figure out how to responsibly use the internet and like use social media and have a balance. And we have a responsibility to teach that to the young adults and the kids underneath us, um, how to be a person and be with social media and they're going to teach us a lot of things about social media and like what it's like now like it's it's not our world of what it was in the you know late 90s early 2000s um so yeah i'm i'm taking a step back for myself to be more in my life and my work and deciding what it is you know that i feel like needs to be said so i'm just trying to figure out what it is and how I would like to say it and what, what I feel like needs to be shared. And uh, I feel like right now for me, a lot of it is kind of personal narrative that informs how and why I do what it is that I'm doing. And so before I really start to dive a little bit deeper into that publicly, I wanted to take the space to dive deeper with it privately and, and feel it and really decide what I feel like needs to be shared and what feels useful and not just more noise into the social media box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just the why, like, it's why are why. you sharing this morning smoothie? You know, yeah. is it just to connect to people and say, Hey, is it just to share that smiley face in the morning? I think one thing that is actually lucky 
is that a lot more that's out there today Mm -hmm. is about positive engagement. Mm -hmm. I think that when we were growing up with it, when it first started becoming a thing, Mm -hmm. um, I think it was a lot of a, a, I think it was a bigger negative environment. And of course it can still be that. Yeah. Um, and I've also been trying to evaluate how important it is to me because I've noticed how many people who feel their self-esteem just dropping from mm-hmm. it or the comparison game. And I just mm-hmm. am trying to figure out how that can go away because for so many people that I talk to who say, well, it's really affecting me and my feelings of progress in life you know, that there's a route there that we all have to get to, to figure out how to be more real, more authentic and to not compare ourselves all the time. Cause there's so much content that we could be like, Oh my gosh, I should be following this person and that person and learning this and that (laughs) we can only do so much at a time. I do so much, so much. And I'm on a huge unfollowing spree right now. I'm just like, I would like to have a little bit more of a, an intimate, well-known, social media community. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. I think you have to focus in on what you do, why you're doing it. It's just that why, right? It's the why. The why is huge. The Stay why is clear huge. on it. Yeah. And I think another, another reason why I kind of fell back from social media was I found myself becoming irritated by the amount of spiritual bypassing that I was witnessing, especially from um, healthcare practitioners, um, other wellness professionals, I literally would find myself seething at the way that some folks are either completely ignoring what is happening in our political climate. I'm not saying everything that happens in politics you need to react to on your social media account. I'm not saying that at all. But noticing that there were certain people who had nothing to say. It's like you have absolutely nothing to say to any of these folks who are looking who are following your your content like you have nothing to say about anything that's happening there's a lot to talk about choose one but your interest is more so rooted in what exactly and then I found myself being like you know what that's not my business like it's not my business I don't I think that you could be doing more and me Finding myself like irritated by people saying complete silence on social media with like thousands of followers or whatever um, doesn't make my doesn't make my mission it makes my mission a little bit more clear because I'm like mm, I see what I see where you're giving I see what needs to happen I see that there's a big gap in wellness in terms of politics I was having a real problem with the amount of wellness practitioners who are just like justice and sun salutations and the world is going to be better. (laughs) It's like, fuck, no, it's not. That's ridiculous. Like, I'm sure you'll feel better, but that's not how we are going to affect change. Like sending everybody to a yoga retreat because everybody can't go to a yoga retreat. And even if they can go to the yoga retreat, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a safe space for different types of bodies, for different gender identities, for, for, um, for black and brown folks. Like, don't play yourself like and don't don't try and play people's rightful anger and rage as as some sort of spiritual imbalance that can be fixed by being quiet and stretching <laughs> so yeah i needed to fall back for a second because i was yeah. not gonna blow a gasket <laughs> and i think it's actually spiritual healing that we're all going through in this physical world through all of those processes and spiritual bypassing is an act that people Mm -hmm. engage in, but it's also, in my opinion, running away from their own spiritual growth, Mm -hmm. but not only that, the collective spiritual growth, because Mm -hmm. I think the person that starts waking up, it heals a little bit more in the fabric of our world. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's interesting work. Wellness, very interesting work. You can't, you can't be well, you can't be well for not addressing our institutions and being honest about how our views and our attitudes and our silence is very much violence. Like silence is violence. Like you should be saying something. You need to be saying something. This is, this is not the time to just be cute. <laughs> cute Thank you for quiet. holding that up. <laughs> for sure. Happy to do it. <laughs> Is there a final message or anything that you want to leave us with today? Yeah, I think that 
I think that it's time that a part of our practices um, as we move forward and as we evolve, I think it's time that we begin to um, get back to honoring our ancestors in a very real way. Uh, first, which starts by being good ancestors. I think Rachel Cargill was the first person I heard that's like, I'm trying to be a good ancestor. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, we should be, we should be living, living ancestors right now and figuring out what we're going to leave behind and, and what that work is going to be and how we can be good ancestors. Um, but I want to say that um, one of our most recent ancestors that has transitioned from this realm into the next was Nipsey Hussle. And his life and his death have been so impactful to me. And I just wanted to quickly say thanks to his spirit for, um, for all of the work that he has done and continues to do. I'm really thankful to have even been proximally close to him and his work here in L.A. So, yeah, I wanted to, to give thanks to that ancestor and also remind folks to, you know, really consider the ancestors that have gone on and to really borrow whatever their life's work was or whatever their message was that was left with you and resonates with you and to bring that into this world and carry it forward like a torch. So ancestor work. I'm going to link in everything that you mentioned today because I think it's important and I really want to respect your time and, you know, everyone can dive into that, but you just bring it into so many people's awareness is so important. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for using wellness as a socio-political tool. Thank you for using it for really spreading harmony for you, for your community, for everyone that comes in to your work and for everyone that just sees you. I'm just going to throw it back to when I very first said, you know, you have to remember that you're holding that light out all the time, just being yourself. And it's not about doing everything at once. And I know I don't, I don't need to remind you of that again, but maybe somebody listening who is really identifying needs to hear that. So thank you for holding that up. And I just love how clearly you are connected to that message of, of inviting people and their personal genius to come forward into our world, to serve their own healing, to serve their collective healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shay, thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it has been such a pleasure talking to you today. I appreciate it. You should do it again it. sometime. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> thank Perfect. you. Thank you.